Listener Production. Fail with Greta Lee Jackson, where I speak to well-known and successful people about moments where they failed and it eventually turned into something that helped them on the road to success. Once, I met up with a guy I had met online because he kept telling me I was beautiful. This was his thing and it totally worked. He told me I was beautiful, so I saw past his nervous twitch. He told me I was beautiful so I saw past his New Balance shoes. I even stopped noticing the formaldehyde smell and his high-pitched laugh because he told me I was beautiful. And when it came to the end of the night, he asked me if I could give him a ride home because he couldn't drive. I asked him why, and he told me it was because he was legally blind. Fail! It would be fair to say that Zoe Bell is better than you at most things. Yes, that might sound sycophantic, but you try staying chill in the presence of someone who is a world-renowned stunt person, savvy director, no-bullshit scriptwriter, and an actor so captivating she remains a favourite of Quentin Tarantino. And she does it all in that uncompromising, unhindered Kiwi way that makes you wonder why you've been worrying about all this dumb shit in the first place, because it doesn't matter. Welcome home, Zoe. Thanks, Greta. You've just been on a long flight, haven't you? I've been on a couple, yep. yep. You're the sprightliest looking person that I've ever seen getting off a long haul flight. Faking it. Really? Yep. <laughs> no, I, it's funny, I don't normally get, like, I'm not normally a grumpy traveller. I like travelling. I normally just get a little bit more spacey. I always, so, I always energy. Just, sorry, I have to, I always just get sitting envy from you. You sit sitting with envy. the most... Like correct posture <laughs> and flexibility, and you're like this like swan lady. I make and a career from sitting like, appropriately. No, that inappropriately. Well, last time, last time I saw he was at a, a picnic or something, and I was like, "Fuck! Look how Zoe sits. Fuck that." Oh bitch. yeah, I'm a sitter. Why are you so? Let's let's get into a bit of your background. What will people know you for? And how? It, well, actually, how would you describe? What is it? What do you think people know you for? People know definitely death proof. Yeah, <laughs> it's usually one of the first ones. Um, I think mo- oh, it's weird. I think mostly I would say being a stump woman, and those sort of that sort of falls into two categories for most people. But there's Xena, New Zealand, that whole thing, and then Death Proof and Quentin. Yeah, and that's sort that's sort of where <clears throat> you know when you got the slightly more dedicated or the or. Dedicated fans or people that are almost less fans but therefore more specific about what they know. They're like, you're that girl from Whip It. I'm like, really? That's how you... Cool. I'll t- uh, I mean, I'll take it. <laughs> I love that movie. Or, that, you know, you're, I saw you in a movie but your hair was brown and you were <laughs> killing heaps of women. I'm like, yep, Ray's. That was me too. You yeah, know? okay. So yeah. that's interesting. Yeah. But don't you have a, did you have a stunty background, was it? I was a stunt yeah. woman, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, was, that was Kill Bill and That's why Zena the flexibility. That's why. <laughs> Gymnast first, maybe that's why. Oh, okay. Aren't you directing now? Just started, yep. See, I don't know anyone in the history of the world that has been able to make that transition. There probably is, and I would have to be enlightened, but to make that transition from from 
uh, stunt performing to directing. Like, that's just... It, it's I, funny when you say it like that. I'm like, holy shit. That's what's happened. Yeah, that's happening. That's current. It's currently... I mean, I think that's the other thing that's always weird, I feel like, is other people's perception of your successes or where you're at in life or mm. compared to your own. Mm. And I often feel like I'm a couple of steps behind everybody else's perception of mine. You know, people are like, yeah. Like the amount of times people are like, oh, Zoe, finally just nailing it. Nailing it. I'm like, I'm sorry, which, me, Zoe, this one? My, you talking about the life that I'm... I'm nailing that? Is yeah. That, is that what's happening right now? Yeah, but exactly. It's not just I'm directing for the first time. It's like I'm kind of about to be able to call myself a director. A director. You know? Oh, I just have to point out this bedlam Sound. that's happening outside here. So there's just been, of course, it's it's LA and there's so many cars and so many car accidents as a result. And there's just been a car accident. All fire, all manner of fire trucks and police cars and things going up and down the road. <laughs> Take it out. I'll cut that. I'll self cut that. edit. Post. Self post. edit. Going, going right outside Zoe Bell's address. Yeah. No. Exactly. <laughs> They're parked outside. Two. Nothing. Would you say that's your biggest, your personal feeling of success right now, or, or do you just? Is there no high moment? Is it all just? <laughs> it's all just depressing. No. No, no. no. I kind of. It's one of those. You know, when I watch, there's a, do- a documentary called Double Dare, and um, someone. Some fan person posted a, a clip from it recently, which is the moment I get the phone call, I received the phone call that's telling me I've got the job on Kill Bill, doubling Kill Bill, and my reaction to it, you know, my 22 or 3-year-old whatever reaction, and I watched it the other day, and I started crying. I was just like, like, like I wasn't watching me, like I was just watching this gorgeous moment in someone's life who was just like, oh, my God, this thing's happening and it's going to change me. And I can remember being in that moment. And it's like, that was incredible. But the same thing when I got the job on Xena and then you get into it and it becomes life and it becomes normal and you're, and you're grateful for that being your normal most of the time. Oh, completely. When you're not face down in a puddle for six hours going, this is my normal and it's freezing, this is miserable, um, which often happens a lot. Here we go. Here we Join go. the Coppers. combo. Coppers are coming. Fire oh, no, more truck. fire trucks. Fire truck. I don't see any fires, but anyways. No. Nah. Oh, they're going to another fire. Keep themselves occupied. Um, um, all right but, then. But right. so it's that same thing. Like when this, the first op- opportunity to direct this commercial came up, I was like terrified. Said yes. Felt like I didn't know what I was doing the whole way through. It's that it imposter syndrome, eh? You know, totally like, yeah, I'm a fraud. Yeah, straight fraudulency. I was like, I am apparently making this all up. I'm just waiting for them to be like, oh, it just turns out you're charming, but you're shit at this job. You know, that's what. And then it's just like, actually, I would get certain feedback and there were some things that I was shit at and there's certainly things that by the end of the process, I didn't know, for example, about post and compositing and green screen that I was aware of, but it had never been part of my process. That just the other day, I was like... Motorbike. Motorbikes. Motorbikes. (laughs) Just the other day, I was like... um, I went to say something like, you know, because I don't know much about post and I was like, it's not true anymore. Just just in the fact that I didn't know for so long, which meant I kind of fucked up a bunch of stuff, which meant I learnt a bunch of stuff. Totally. Which now means I know heaps more about post now. I can speak to it in a way that I couldn't eight months ago. Just and, didn't even have it. And because you're probably willing to take the risk and then admit, because what I find a lot is people not wanting to admit they're wrong. I'm, and I'm a total keep... fan of, it, of taking responsibility for that. Total. Total fan. I'll tell you one thing that's good about it is I feel like 
what's made me be, and I'm just going to be very un-Kiwi and very American and say it, but what's made me be great at certain things is that I've sucked horribly at it and let myself suck horribly at it. That's sounding slightly grosser than I wanted it to, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Yeah. But it's like I feel like every time I've learnt, the strongest lesson has been when I have done it incorrectly and I've seen the results of that and, and been felt the responsibility for it that spurs me to own like it's always been a thing for me. One Bob Richardson one time said something kind of mean but that was profoundly sort of true and, and therefore kind of a compliment. He was rolling camera and I was having to Is he a DOP? Sorry, yes, he's yeah, a yeah, DOP yeah. and he was on he's like snow falling on Cedar JFK oh, and killed the like massive. Yeah, right, right. Massive. Right. And and you know, quite well known as being a um bit of a prick, really. Right. And I just always liked him because I was like, I just am fond of him. Once I'm fond of someone, I'm just fond. I'm like, you're such a dick, but I really like you. <laughs> it's annoying. But anyway, so I was sitting next to him. He was on camera and I was sitting, standing really close and I had to swing a metal pole that was made of metal with a breakaway lampshade on the end across Daryl Hannah's face. <gasps> like I had to take the shade off the metal pole with her face. For, for a couple of reasons, this is terrifying. One, it's Daryl Hannah's face. Two, it's Daryl Hannah's face. Three, it's a metal pole. Yeah. So I'm like, and we're like, ready, turn over, blah, blah, blah. And I'm lining it up and they're like, action. Cut, cool, got to go again. That's my fault. This is what Bob's saying. Got to go again for me. He looks up at me under his breath and he's like, you bang the camera, don't do it again. I was like, my bad, sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. So busy, worried about the face. Smashing the face. Go again, everything happens. Take two, action. Yes, I didn't kill Daryl. Fucking everything's great. Cut. Bob's like, we have to go again. Zoe fucked it up in front of the whole crew. <gasps> and I was like, wow, Bob, that's a bit rough. He's like, look, you're too good to fuck it up twice. And I was like, yeah, you're right. I want to be that person. I'm not afraid to fuck it up and I'm not afraid to admit that it's me, but I want to be that person who only have, only has to fuck it up once. Yeah. Some things you have to fuck up, but it's really cool if you only have to do it once. Totally. You know? And totally. for him to say that, I was like, I think that was a really painful compliment that just happened. Yeah, to, you know? yeah, yeah. You're yeah. too good to fuck the same thing up twice. God, so that's how you took it. You took it about, right, right, I'm going to – because I don't think – I think I would panic. I think I'd go, oh, God, but I, I'm going to fuck it up again because I've already done it twice and, and, and maybe – yeah, I would have panicked. Oh, it didn't feel good. Yeah. But it was like – you, and it was true. I was like, you are, you've been doing this shit for ages. You've never heard an actress and you've never really bumped a camera until now. So you can definitely just do what you need to do so it doesn't happen. If that means give yourself an inch away from him, if it means do this, correct, correct you know how to do it. Little chats with yourself, eh? Definitely. That's the a way lot of internal chatting. Yeah. Not always internal. <laughs> I externally chat with myself pretty frequently. <laughs> <laughs> I remember because I remember um, I was learning some stunts for Wham Bam for this superhero sketch we were doing for mm. the show for the ABC, and how we had this stunt guy and the one the other, one of the girls had she had a whip, one of the other girls had a sword. Did. Yep, I had this fucking um, these knives, these two really heavy three pronged knives. Oh, like size, the ones with the long... Yeah, yeah. And the stunt guy, like the trainer that was training us, loved loved the other two and was complimenting them incessantly. Really good. That's really awesome. Well oh, done, no. well done. And then I just kept fucking it up, not having any coordination. 
And oh, was he mean? He was mean. I oh. go, I go like that. He goes, What's his no, name? Oh, really? I'm not going to name him. He goes, no, not quite like this. And and I was like, oh, okay. And then I tried again. And then I just felt like that primary school feeling of the tears coming. Oh, the hot face. You know, face the hot you feel face. Really small. Yeah. Oh, I know. And I, it took me back to the like feeling like, oh, I can't do this. I've got no coordination. I'm not as good as the other girls in the dance class. And I was like, I got to go, guys. I have to excuse myself. Went ball to the toilet. You totally. <laughs> then um, had a couple shots of whiskey. In the toilet? No, no, there's a bar next door. <laughs> Much better idea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, why is there whiskey no, in the actually, toilet? No, but in the, in the bar, I, I had a bit of a chat with myself and um, I just was like, look, you feel hopeless, you're not. It's just bringing up some things that were laying dormant mm-hmm. and it's the same experience. And ordinarily, I think years ago, I would have gone, oh, well, you're just fucked. Like, and maybe stormed off and not come back or yeah. something. Or, But then I was like, right, don't worry. It's not your fault. It's okay to feel like this. Go back to it. So I went back to it after two shots of whiskey yeah. as well. But went back to it and finished totally. the session and, try, and tried to, you know, save face in that way. Probably was obvious I was upset, but whatever. Whatever. Yeah, but that, that feeling of, of, oh, God, yeah. So I That's don't, horrible. And I, yeah. it's like, <coughs> it's funny when you're feeling less capable than you might normally in whatever capacity and then someone is a little bit like mean to you or they do something that makes you feel smaller how susceptible you are to letting that happen yeah you know like if I'm on a roll and I'm stunt coordinating or I'm performing as a stunt person or any of those things that I feel quite relaxed in because I've been doing it so long if someone's going to be like I worked on a show recently and I was I'd been brought on I have a cameo and I was brought on as a consultant um for the action so I was helping with the action stuff and the producer had rung me about something. We had, we had some contractual thing that needed, he had, they'd not done what was in the contract. And so I was just calling up to be like, yo, by the way, blah, blah, blah. And he was really incredibly condescending, sort of implied that I was being a diva and demanding and he was taking zero responsibility. Because that's the other thing I was going to say is because I take responsibility all the time, you have to be prepared for other people to let you take theirs too because that will happen. You've just got to be really clear on what you are taking responsibility for and let the rest of it go because I start taking everybody's and then I'm like, it's my fault for everything. I'm like, hang on, you're big enough and ugly enough and actually you're the one who should know better in this situation. And I, So yes, I don't know what I don't know. You should have my back. And if you if I fuck up because you're giving letting me take all the responsibility, that's actually on you too. So, you know, passing the buck <clears throat> is like the calling card of insecurity, and I've I learned that. I yeah, I used to I used to take it on and go, oh my god, it is my fault. I did fuck it up. But the more it's happened, and the more you've worked with people that are excellent and they do take responsibility, and then you work with people that just play the blame game, that says more about them. That's the, totally. It's like they're insecure, so they can't. If they have to acknowledge that they fucked up and take responsibility, they just. They can't. They can't. No. They'll destroy them. So Well, because to them, they go, it's the same as all of us, right? They go, oh, if I admit that I was wrong, then they're all going to know that I'm a fraud. That's right? it. So That's it. We're all suffering from the same thing. But That's so it. they go, I'm going to make it your fault. Yeah. Protect. Which, and the fucked up thing about that is I don't see those people getting better at their job. Exactly. They just, they flit around and burn bridges like this. Yeah. And then you almost, but then you go, do I warn the next person because of what we went through? Or do you go, well, fuck, I don't want to sabotage anyone's career. It's like this weird yeah. thing. Yeah. I get like, I'm basically like, if someone asks me, if someone comes to me and says, have you worked with this person? And I say, yes. And they say, what would you say about them? I go, what do you want to know? 
And oh, do that's, you want, that's because then it's like, I will, if you're my friend, I'm not going to, with strangers, I'll be like, I don't know, go work with them, figure it out for yourself. I'm like, because they might have changed, you know. What'd you say about us? Can't fucking <laughs> put an umlaut in the right fucking place. Can't even <laughs> figure out how to put dots over an E. <laughs> we were what like going to do another hell? post going, we had one job, <laughs> one job. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, oh, it's yeah. fucking sitting right there in front of me on the it's emails, and I still right anyway. there. copy and paste it, bitch. <laughs> copy and paste. <laughs> but no, but this producer was like, uh, because he had got me in a position where I was like, I know the material, I know, I also know what it's like to produce indie films. When when he came at me from that place, it took me a minute because I was about to feel bad about you know what I was asking for and this and that, and then I was like, wait. Who do you who do you think you are to talk to me? I would never talk to anybody like that, regardless of rank. Yep. And at this point, I outrank you. <laughs> and actually, do you want to make me, do I need to make that call? And then it was like, I was thinking of all the other producers that I'd worked with that are massive, that have always treated me with respect. When I'm like 11 on the call sheet rather than one or two, and 11, you know, underneath Sam Jackson and Kurt Russell, and I'm still being treated with respect. Yeah. Because I'm a professional and I know what the fuck I'm doing, and they do too. Mm. And it took, and I, and I ended up writing this email to this guy that was basically like, I wasn't upset with you being this. You were being condescending and unaccountable. I'm neither a diva nor am I new at this business. And I would really like it if you didn't speak to me as if I was either. Send. And normally I'd be like, oh, my God, what have I done? But I was like, fuck, yes. That just felt – because it, it, I was – it's like when – if you were to stand up for me, I'd, I'd feel so looked after and so flattered. And, like, you know when someone looks after you, you're like, oh, it feels so nice to be looked after. And then when you get to look after someone else – that feels really good too. Yeah. And I got both of those feelings at the same time. Oh, good. I was like, oh, I just looked after her. And the and her was like, oh, I just got looked after. It was really nice. The two you Zoe's. Know? Two Zoe's. <laughs> yeah, big Zoe and little Zoe. I've got plenty of those moments. <laughs> Usually well, around breakups. <laughs> uh, we can get into that if you want to. But um, I was going to say, things going pretty good now, right? Like, what's the situation? <laughs> Um, work-wise. Yeah, or well, like whatever. Just everything. Yeah. yeah. It's, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm in a, in a precipice place. Wow. Lots of sips, 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 sips. Um, like the, the, the nice thing, there's loads of unknown, the directing thing. I would love to get into narrative stuff. Um, I've applied for a director's course, AFI. Hopefully find out sometime soon, which I would be stoked about. But I've got a feature. By the time this airs, you probably would have found out and you're oh, in. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. You'll be like, so I lied. Didn't get it. <laughs> um, I've got a feature film that I'm developing idea. I've got a TV show that I'm... So there's lots of stuff bubbling and brewing, that, which is... It's always a bit like that over here as you're just sort of constantly trying to breathe life into stuff. Mm. The nice thing that I'm experiencing right now is I feel like I have some say over the direction or the or the momentum. Like I'm like, okay, I can do this, this and this to push myself forward. Whereas for a long time, especially with acting, it just always felt a little bit like, okay, so I go to a bunch of classes and I audition and then I just wait for the world to validate me. Yeah. Or for a bunch of people whose opinions I really give very little credit to other than they can tell me whether I'm good enough and they can give me this role and you're waiting for a big break or you're waiting for, you know? Mm, rather yeah, than- sitting around waiting, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, but when yeah. you take ownership and, yeah, like you say, breathe life into things that you believe in, it's it's there's... Suddenly, that validation doesn't matter. Totally, yeah. And it doesn't. Ma- and then the money doesn't matter because it's sort of the weird thing is it's like 
if money doesn't matter. Yeah. That's totally right. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. yeah. No, no, it's like the money doesn't matter in the same way. There's no – the desperation, the need for it to make sense to – explain why I'm here and <laughs> been miserable or been this or been like the times that I have been there's no I don't have the like have to stay in LA I have to yeah, yeah it's yeah. more like oh, it's an option stuff to get from this and actually if I you know and then then I start walking into rooms like I rang another friend of mine who does a TV show uh, Mythbusters. Oh, so yeah. I rang I, I rang Adam about this other show this other The Adam Adam Savage oh, amazing but anyway I rang Adam and we we were having a conversation about this other commercial that I was trying to get. And then we started talking and it just sort of came up. And then at one point he was like, well, I've got this idea. We should talk about it. And I was like, I would love that. So that's – and who knows? But it's like I'm now walking into a room not trying to sell myself as, look, I'm an adult and I can produce stuff and let's make stuff happen. I'm genuinely like – In demand. Well, no oh, – I like that. I'll take that. Well, I but think no, so. I mean, like, like an asset, you know. Yeah, well, I think I feel more like one is the thing, you know. It's yeah. like and, – and in the way that when we're talking about the once you've been through eight months of post, I'm not an expert, but if you put me in a room, I'm a very different person talking in a room about post now than I was eight months ago. Eight months yeah. ago I was like – Because you thought Oh, yeah, it. totally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Green screen. Mm-hmm. What – What's the difference between blue and green screen? Oh, yeah, yeah, totally black screen. I have no idea, you know, like that. Whereas now I'm like, oh, yeah, cool, but what if we did, you know what I'd love is, like, it's just a completely different, so now I'm creating stuff with people. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think they feel more confident creating stuff with me too, you know? Exactly. It's just reciprocal as well. It's good, it's a reciprocal energy that goes there. Yeah. Now, you opened it up. The times that weren't so good. Yes. We opened it up. We're going to dive right in. Yeah. Uh, or maybe just stick our toe in. But um, <laughs> depending on how you feel, like what, is, like what was a low point? What has been a low point? Um, I think, I mean, there's been plenty, like life, you know. Um, breakups are always a bit of a shit one. But yeah. for me, I would say the biggest, the most effective sort of low point that I really don't didn't recognise as being as low as... It was until sort of hindsight was when I, on, at the end of Kill Bill, shooting Kill Bill, I injured myself and I had surgery and pins in my wrist and I was in a cast for three months and then getting physio for another... <clears throat> like I couldn't crawl like a baby for like a year. But how did you injure? What, how was it? Um, technically, I was in a on a ratchet. I got catapulted out of this thing. It was in a rehearsal. I missed the mat and bust my wrist, basically. Um, I think I also broke the stunt coordinator's rib, which was, like, the one thing that made me feel a bit better about it afterwards. Yes. Karma. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Meanwhile, I'm out for a year. But Fine. So I was injured for a year, which I, I think I had some... I probably had some form of depression that was attached to that that was in my... What I did know was I was in constant pain. I couldn't work out. I couldn't be physical. couldn't do all the things that... I would normally do. What's well, a lot of your identity, though, is being physical. It was absolutely identity When I mean, that's taken crisis. away, yeah, yeah. Well, and also I didn't know if it would ever come back. So it was like Fuck, I was that's... terrified. Terrified and someone like myself relies very heavily on my support network, my mum and my dad, my close friends, and I didn't recognise Yeah, you're close how, to your family. <laughs> yeah, real close. And I didn't realise how much I relied on 
that network until it was no longer available to me, you know, because back then there weren't Kiwis in LA. Like I was it in my, what I, of what I knew, there were no other Kiwis in my reality over here. My, mm, and my mum and dad, the, people didn't really come over here that much. I not didn't have my own life here. It was all just people that I'd met on Kill Bill. So they all, of course, bugger off onto other movies. I was alone, terrified, but really felt like I couldn't leave because yep. I sort of felt like this was my doorway into Hollywood and to LA and this whole thing that, you know, and everyone else would talk about it like, it's amazing and it's this and it's that and blah, 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 that I thought if I came home, that door would close behind me. So I... So I stayed miserable on my own for three. And, you know, and what was worse is I felt like an asshole for being miserable because I was like, whatever, you're so lucky. Like, you know, I was getting paid f- sweet FA for my workers' comp, but, like, for me it was, like, still whatever. But I was like, I live by the beach, I'm living the dream, I'm blah, blah, like I, So I would what be- right do I have? Totally. Mm. I was mean to myself for whinging. It's like you're not whinging. You're like 22 and you're all by yourself and you're broken. Like, can you? What well, you say that now though? That's me talking to my little 23 year old. Yeah, I yeah, just yeah. Think not at the that's time. The big Zoe, little Zoe is yeah, like, yeah. I would just pick her up. That's gonna make me cry. I would just pick <laughs> her up and cuddle her and just be like, "You're doing awesome, and you should just go home for a month or two and just get some cuddles." You know? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it just and that lasted for a long time. And I think what. I think the other thing that's quite residual about that was, you know, people love LA. I've lived here now 15, 16 years or something and I ha- I love my life here and I love coming home to it. 15 years, fuck, no one was there. There was no, no community. No, no, there, no, none. No. Zero. Mm. I think Carl Urban was here. We didn't know each other. Mm. He was back and forth. Um, and you, lo- and you, you love it now. Yeah. I love it now but there was a long time that <clears throat> I felt I felt stuck here and I think it was from that early day, those early days of like I can't leave if I leave now, you know, and then with being freelance it's like if I leave and try and live in England for like eight months, what are the jobs I'm going to miss out here? And I'm gonna... So you, you get a real, a lot of freelance people, it's not until they get older that they start recognising that actually the freelance means that they can go on holidays because you, you do start, whatever you want, yeah. Yeah, you don't take mm. advantage of that, it just makes you almost feel more st- stuck and I felt really resentful about this place for a long time. Right. Well, what got you through it? When when did you when did you turn around? Was it gradual or you... really gradual? Yeah. Like I I never even I think the I think the problem was the feeling like I wasn't allowed to feel that way meant that it dwindled for a long time mm. because I never just went fuck I'm depressed. Yeah, floodgates never opened. This is fucked. No, yeah, and I'm not much of a floodgate person anyway. Like I I think I've always been quite. I don't like to lose my temper. I don't like to lose my shit. I don't. I mean happy stuff I like but anything too manic I'm like it feels dangerous or something which is ironic because I throw myself off trains and shit but <laughs> but that there's do you mean emotionally manic yeah right drama drama I'm not a fa- I'm not a massive fan of drama <laughs> nah <laughs> neither hell of a lot of it turn. here I totally totally hell, hell, hell of a lot of privileged white people making mountains out of molehills oh it's so painful doesn't it make you a little bit ashamed i get the white shame yeah, sometimes totally yeah it's like um i get that i get actor shame oh do you <laughs> what's that <laughs> oh when you see actors being just complete prima donnas for oh, no, yeah. like i get it look if this you need such and such for your process i am not going to judge you on your process because when people can churn out stuff like that that's like I that is your own thing, but if you're gonna hold up production for four hours because 
you'll only use your personal razor. There's something like, deeply wrong with people that don't have that empathy to connect with other, the other, like respect for other people's time. The respect for other people's time is a key one for me. Yeah. I'm like, if you're going to be late, that's fine. Tell me. Because then I'll just stay at home longer. Yeah. But by you just expecting me to be there at 2.30 and rolling up at 3, what you're saying is your time is more important than mine. I get really paranoid when I'm like when I, I'm doing a shoot and I've told the actor to be there. And, like, and I was like, it doesn't matter, they're getting paid. I'm like, yeah, but they're sitting around. Like, it's not fair. Like, what if you have other things to do? Like, let's yeah. do a schedule that's really tight. Yeah. You only need them. They're in and out. And yeah, anyway, even yeah. if they are an extra. Yeah, but, it, but also if it's like if you can't for whatever reason, it's cool on my end. It's cool if someone's like, look, We've tried to organise it so that you're not going to be floating around the whole time, but we're really weather dependent. Then I'm like, cool, whatever. You've the told fact me. You, the fact, and the fact you considered me means, and it's savvy, I do it with actors all the time, I do it with directors and stunt coordinators, is you, you, you consider them in such a way that they actually would have to be an asshole to, to be a dick about it, you know? Right. It's like, and not just that you're manipulating them, it's like once I feel considered... I'm way more likely to be generous just by oh, completely. nature. Completely. That's what so many people don't understand. Yeah, it's so simple. Even with like customer service. Totally. Yeah, like yeah. come on in if you've got a cup of tea, look, it's going to be probably half an hour, I apologize, but half an hour before you go on the seat, can I get you anything? Oh no, no, I'm cool. I'll just hang out here and read. Cuz different expect- to different to great stuff's in the trailer and then you're sitting there being like, is anyone going to tell me what's going on? It's been an hour and I'm still not. Yeah. Expectations are managed. Yeah. yeah, and you start and 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 and, and there's the the flip side is when you feel respected or you're dealt with in a way that's respectful, whether you're aware of feeling respected or not, is is almost less powerful than you do notice when you're not being respected. Oh yeah, and when you're not being respected, suddenly you become far less generous. Yeah, far less like low yeah, key, far, far less whatever. Generous. Yeah, you're yeah. like no, actually, do you know what I do want pinky lemons? And I need you to peel them. So, <laughs> and I'm going to watch you so I can make sure you've only peeled the pink ones. Yeah, because how else do I know they're pink? <laughs> Are you peeling a green one right now? Is that what's happening? Unacceptable. Unacceptable. Um, now, I was going to ask you. Well, because what do you think's given you that resilience and the ability to, to come through things like that and um, come out the other side? Is it your family, your upbringing, things like that? I mean. I mean, all of it's got something to do with it, I guess. I don't know. I, and that's that same thing as it's not... I don't often... I don't, like, identify with the word resilient as... My, not, not that I think I'm not resilient, but mm. when you say it, I'm like, resilient? It's not like I feel like... You know, people are like, you knock me down, I'm going to get back up again, and people have told me no my whole life, and I'm just like, blah, blah. I'm like, fuck, no one ever told me no. I sometimes wish people had told me no so that I could be a bit more fiery about, like... I'm going to prove you're wrong and show to you that I can't do anything I want. Hang on, that's yeah, not yeah. near as powerful, you know. Yeah, but, that, but that's, kind of, that's a gratitude for privilege as well. Which, Absolutely. You know, yeah, that's fine. Absolutely, and mum and dad were a bit like, you know, and mum in particular always recognised the joy of, of options but also the, the difficulty of having endless options. She's like, I don't, I don't really envy you. Like when I grew up I had like seamstress, Receptionist, nurse, receptionist, and that was basically it. And she's like, and we would have died for any other for any other option. Just wasn't available, was it? No. no. But she was like, but then I look at you, and and you're like, what should I be, Mum? And I'm like, oh my god, she could be, you could be anything you want, and that's 
terrifying, you yeah, know. Yeah, it is. You know. But it's hard for their generation to understand because that's that's what they grew up with that and they grew up with like job security being the number one thing. Yeah. And even, you know, my folks who were creative, I was in this job that I hated. I was miserable. I was having breakdowns every day. It was in my industry, but it, I was just I was just bullied and it was miserable. Yeah. Um, and I remember ringing my dad going, oh, I don't want to go in. I can't go in. He's like, oh, but, but uh, you haven't got anything else at the moment lined up, do you? I'm like. Well, no. Like, well, you better better go in. And I'm yeah. like, I'm like hyperventilating. You're like, there's a noose around my neck yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like that kind of thing. They just don't get it. Job security is number one, and you know, we do have a privilege of doing whatever we're able to do. It. The world is open now. You know, yeah. more so. Have you noticed? Have I don't want to make it about gender, but I'll just quickly cover this. Do you reckon people have treated you differently because it's the woman in charge thing sometimes, or not really, or you just don't look for it? I'm re- I'm You're never a victim, right? I'm <laughs> never ever a victim. <laughs> no, but even as a even as a youngster it was like part of my power felt to me was not looking for it first of all, but also making it very hard for them to I don't know. It's kind of like I don't, I don't know if I've ever put it in words, but Whenever I had a girlfriend, if there was ever a girl in my social group that was like, "Oh my god, I can't help it. Boys just keep falling for me and I blah blah blah." I'm like you make me nervous because there's no way that you can't control that. Yeah. Like I know some of my hottest friends that know how to be in the in the company of a man and not have it be sexual. And I'm really good at that. And yeah. I have been really good at that since I was really young because I was very asexual for a long time and got a lot of advances, as you do when you're a young girl. Yeah. And instead of and I didn't and I don't like confrontation. So I would just like platon Platonicize, platonitize, platonit, platonitize. Pl- platonicize? Platonicize. Yeah, that works better. I, I don't think any of them are words. But to make platonic. Yes, to make platonic. And and that's been – so I've kind of done the same thing in terms of being seen as a female or not. So it was really – was really hasn't been a thing for me a lot. I agree. In my life. I agree. I tell you what, though, I did struggle with reaching an age where I was like – I don't want to be platonic with everybody. Like, <laughs> actually, who am I as a... And it took for me... It literally took for me to get into acting, which was terrifying, <clears throat> to, like, re-engage with vulnerability and femininity and... Yeah, right. ...crying and, like, being emotionally invulnerable in front of people was the most terrifying thing about acting. Oh. The... To this day, still terrifies me. Well, you can, I mean, you're giving it away pretty good now, Zoe. Come on. <laughs> now I just give away vulnerability willy-nilly. Come and get it, people. Um, Zoe's vulnerability. Come and get it. <laughs> Two for one sale. Big Zoe, little Zoe. Both vulnerable. <laughs> Both help each other Big out. Big bag of vulnerability, side of sadness. Anybody? <laughs> Anybody? <laughs> um, so... We've covered the professional, like if when you had a professional low point, was there ever? If this is, if you're willing to talk about it, was mm. there ever a real personal low point that you hit rock bottom and then you were like, you, you learned something and came out on top? No, it's more like I often feel like you know everybody else's stories and lives and movies and books sounds so profound where they're like, this one time and everything was different. And I was like, fuck, my shit never seems to be as clean as that. Like, I never feel like... I, I do have moments where I'm, things become really clear or obvious. But it's not isolated. Yeah. It's like a constant thing. Yeah, yeah. Although I did... The one thing I did... I I did have a moment where I was like, why am I here? What am I doing? Um, 
every time I go home, I get off the plane and I remember who I am and what I like about myself and I just make more sense. I've got the people that I care the most about more accessible to me. And here in LA, I just feel like I'm too fat and too old and too ugly and too qualified and too all of those things frequently. And I forget that that's not the truth until I'm home. Why am I here? Why don't I just sell up everything? I've had these moments a couple of times actually. Mm, mm. And literally started looking at properties in Piha. Like I was oh, like, really? mm. I'll get my plumbing license. I'll work at a library. I'll whatever. And then find someone to have babies with me and mum and dad can come and hang out with the babies and I can play volleyball Simplicity, in the summer. what's wrong with it? Yeah. Oh, it sounds yeah. so good. Yeah. And, uh, and as I was imagining it, I was like, oh, wait, that's a real possibility. Like I can, I can just sell up and move home. Yeah. And once I recognise it as a real possibility, I don't know, I just sort of then felt like I ha- I did I grew a little bit more balls to stay just a little bit longer then. I was like, oh, because if I'm here by choice, because I got to feeling like trapped here. I got to feeling like I couldn't leave and I would disappoint everybody in my life because, you know, I'm New Zealand's little stunt girl, blah, 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 I'm living the dream and who am I to turn my back on all of that? And then when I actually imagined doing it and went, oh, I could totally just do, I would just do that. Because everybody who loves me ultimately just wants me to be happy. They could give a flying fuck what I do for a living, you know. The people who mind don't matter and the people who matter don't mind. Precisely. And that was like a moment for me where I was like, oh, so by process of elimination, that is proof that I, Zoe is choosing to be here. Mm. And just knowing that you had options. Did you just get goosebumps? Mad ones, look. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the, the, and also recognising that I wasn't stuck here. I wasn't just choosing to be here now. I had been choosing it the whole time. Yeah, exactly. Then yeah. I realised I had been sticking it out, you know? So I was resilient and I was like, so there was definitely, oh, that's quite a good one. So well done. That sort well, of fits what you were yeah, asking. But that's yeah, that's the one. Yeah. And it sort of, then things started shifted. Then I started looking at like, well, fuck it, if I'm going to be here, I want to do this TV show idea that I've had and I want that means I need to produce and I don't know what the fuck that means. I look it up in the dictionary. Better learn it. Yeah. Better fuck it up. And Google. <laughs> Google, teach me how to fuck up being a producer so I can get good at it. Well, Google, <laughs> Google how to be a producer. Honestly. I did that. <laughs> I Googled how to produce. See, Didn't help me much. I think I made this joke that people, there's been some people that I've worked with that I'm thinking like that's what they've done. Yeah, <laughs> and that's all they've done. Yeah, that's all they've done. You know, the wheat bigs had a like how to produce in that one day, and they're like, "Sweet, can yeah. use that <laughs> producer now, mate." But yeah, yeah. so that, and I started taking roles as producer, and I started manif- not not manifesting. Well, I guess in a hippie way as well as a as a as like in a me- metaphorical way as well as in a literal way. But it would be like if I was going to be getting an acting role on a small indie film. I would negotiate that I'd be a producer on it so that I have some creative input and so that I can learn and so that I can gathering credits, and, you know. There's a practical aspect to manifestation. I mean, oh, yeah. fuck your vision board. I'm sorry, yeah. but if you... <laughs> we all want a yacht. I get it. If you say, <laughs> if you say to yourself, nah, this is what I want to do, that's, that's yeah, theoretically manifesting, but taking the practical steps in order to make that happen. Yeah, of course. That's what I think manifestation does have some totally. credence if you apply it. Well, and it feeds back into sort of what we were talking about before <clears throat> is the – so the first thing was if someone reached out to me and was like, we're doing this short film, we'd love you to be – like there's a cameo in it, you'd turn up at the end. <clears throat> We'd love you to stunt coordinate it so that got a female, a girl-on-girl fight. And I was like – Coordinating is not really where I was going because it's kind of 
coordinating and directing are all sort of in the same path. Acting and directing kind of are, but coordinating and acting are sort of walking out on two different branches of the yeah. tree. Yeah. Um, and I was dedicated to acting at that point. I was like, I didn't give up stunts to be dedicated to acting to just then not be dedicated to it. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so I said that when I met with them anyway and I was like, look, I, I don't want to coordinate it. I... When I'll be in it if you need me to, but like if I'm going to do it, I want to be a producer on it. Mm. I thought I was saying no to the job. Also learned a massive thing about negotiation at that point because I th- I was turning down the job and they wrote me back. Like, yeah, come and produce. We'd yeah, love you to shit. produce. And I was like, mm. oh, whoops. Interesting. How do I back out of this one? No, more like, okay. Because I thought they would never give me producer. Oh, okay. So, when they, when I, so that was my way of being like, if I'm going to be on it, I need to produce. So I kind of thought I was just... Flicking the job off And they were like Oh my god If you want to be a producer We'd love to have you And I was like Oh uh, Interesting Okay yeah. And this short film Became Rays Which was a feature And I was yeah, creatively Very involved And So then the more I did that The next time I walk Into a meeting I'm like I would like to be Have producer credit Because you've done it once And it proved Worthwhile Ex- Proved totally. successful you done and it once the, So once you've manifested It like that I'm also It's that same thing What I'm saying is When you walk into a room I don't walk into a room Being like Producing? What is? It? I don't know what it is, but I think I want it. I walk it now, being Which like, exactly- oh, if I'm going to do this. I want to produce a credit because that's how. That's what I'm starting to do from now on. It's it, easy. Is it a cultural thing? Because I feel like that's what Australians and New Zealanders do. They go, um, I, even if they qualified. Oh yeah. They'll they'll go over there. They'll go. Oh, I don't know. If I want to do this, I've done a bit. They might have done their own feature, you know. Yeah. I've done a bit, but I don't know. And uh, and then they and then it takes. My, there's no, they're not believing in themselves. Yeah. And there's that undermining your own work. Whereas I think here there's a much more of acceptance to be like, like oh I've done this and this qualifies me. Oh really? Cool. You're in. <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. Like well, and it's twofold, hey, because it's like I always found here when, like. I, for the stunt community in New Zealand, if you came in like, I'm amazing at this and I'm amazing at that and I've got a black belt and this, this, this and that and I'm a world champ at this and that, we'd all be like, Dick. it's cute. Yeah. Prove it. Yeah, right. Prove it. Have yeah. a day on set. Show us that you're good because otherwise we don't give a fuck. Yeah. You know, it's like, I feel that way about anybody. If you're trying to con- if you're trying to convince me of who you are or what you're qualified of, I instantly my first assumption is I'm probably not going to like you. Totally. It's terrible, but it's true because I'm like, give if you stop telling me what to think of you, I'll think something of you. Cause I'm, like, I'm human. I'll pick up on some stuff. I'll make up my own mind. But when you're trying to make my mind for me, I feel manipulated and I feel like like there's something that I should be aware of. Totally. It's not That's making it. me happy. That's it. If you, like, you got to put it... It's trying to... If you have to, yeah. If you have to try and convince me, there's something wrong there. Yeah. Just let the let it speak for itself. You don't yeah. have to do the talking. But that's what I feel like the experience gives me too. Is like when I was first an actor and people were like you got to go to these parties and you got to this and you know blah 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 and you're a great actor. You're just terrified and you blah, blah, but you but they would give me the whole. So I'd walk into these rooms or these parties or these whatever and have this conversation that was I was trying to convince them that I was a confident, qualified actress. I didn't believe it. Yeah, that's why. That's second. why you're convincing. If you did believe it, you wouldn't say a word. Once I believe it, I'm like, cool. That role sounds terrifying and would require heaps of work on my behalf. But I'd fucking love to do it. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. Yeah, you don't have to. People feel it or they don't prove yourself. Know. Yeah. yeah, you don't have to do that. Though. Oh my god, I know that so much. Like yeah. people are like, oh my god, I do this and this and this, oh. and I'm I'm on the board of this, and I know this person. 
Oh, yeah. Here's their number. Don't call them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, see my number, their number's on my phone, but you're not allowed to. Yeah. What? <laughs> but even people that are trying to describe their personality traits or their beliefs or, you know, like when people are like, my favourite is when girls are like, oh, I just, I love my girlfriends. Like I'm all about female friends. and But she just says it in the way where you're like, I am terrified of you right now. You mean absolutely nothing of what you say. Yes. And the fact that you're trying to make me convinced of that is like, I don't want to be close to you because People I think I'm in trouble. People fall for it though, Zoe. People fucking fall for it. They get away because it, it sounds so convincing. Yeah. But the fact if it's being said to you, that's that's alert number one for people that are like woke. <laughs> yeah. For the woke folk. Yeah. Woke folk. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just so much shit to negotiate through, isn't there? Oh, and I'm still, when I'm here, I'm still, there's times when it turns out that someone was just actually full of shit. Mm. And I'm, and I'm still, I wouldn't call myself naive anymore. I couldn't, I couldn't possibly still be naive. But I'm still disappointed when people turn out to be full of shit. I'm still like... Yeah, because you're hopeful. I'm, yeah, I'm still like, really? Just to my face, to the whole route, to that? What, is it, what does it mean to you then? Why? But, you know, and the other thing that's kind of twisted is that half of these people end up in... Positions of power, like oh yeah, just being a really good, talented person doesn't mean like some of these manipulative. I'm going to tell you exactly who I am and how I did it. But some of those people are some of the more powerful people. Yeah, it's odd, isn't it? Yeah, the value systems are a bit askew. But yeah. uh, but the thing is, it's not going to happy or not. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, that's where the value system is. If if, yeah. if your own comfort and your own happiness and your own joy is your priority, then that shit doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. If you are reaching, if you are desperate, if you are uns- like in an unstable position in your life, that shit matters. Oh, that person got to where they are because mm-hmm. of blah. But then when it's not part of your metric of yeah, how yeah. you're measuring what you value, then it's irrelevant. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, cool. I want to ask you what's yes. the bigger picture for you. You've already bloody said it. Like, but you know, we'll re- reiterate. Is it the beach in Piha with kids and everything? Oh, that's or is it that's, that's definitely part of the big picture. Okay. Oh good. yeah, shit yeah. The big right. pi- well, picture. Tell me what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Put it in the manifesto. Um, the big picture is probably home. Um, Figure out what you know what works best for the boyfriend and I. Um, beach would be awesome, mum and yeah. dad and Coromandel. So yes, New Zealand and like you know, in an ideal world, if we could bounce between, you know, his home being California and my home being New Zealand, that would be ideal for work purposes and for personal reasons. You know, he's got his dad here and a couple of best friends, and he's got less than me, so I think I've got the power hand, but. <laughs> You've only got three people that you love, so just bring them with you. Once I threw a guy out of my house, a boyfriend I was living with, and um, all he needed to pack his stuff was a single milk crate. Oh, wow. Is Everything that why you there? kicked him out? Well, no. No, he was an asshole and he threw a tantrum. Oh, um, He threw a phone across the room. Oh, yeah, good. And bad. I just like that, nah, get out. But yeah. I was like, I'm going to get your stuff. It was stuff. Russell Crowe, wasn't it? Russell, you can grab your milk crate and you can get out, Russell. Get out, no, but yeah, (laughs) just a single milk crate full of possessions because I had all the stuff. There it was. Um, it's been so wonderful chatting with you. It's so good. Yeah, it's fun. Really good. And thank you for sharing all that stuff. And uh, I know that a lot of people are just gonna just absolutely love it, and and it's gonna resonate. And just thank you for being so willing to share. Oh, of course, I'm gonna listen back and be like, oh my god, I shared that. What was I thinking? Which Zoe, Big Zoe's gonna say that's a little Zoe. Yeah, yeah. Big Zoe will be like (laughs) (laughs) strangling little Zoe when you leave. (laughs) Well, I'm gonna say goodbye to both Zoes. Bye. 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 
Thanks for listening. If you'd like to share your fails with me, you can contact me on my Facebook page or Twitter. And I'm going to leave you with a listener fail from Kara, who, as a chubby eight-year-old, was forced to participate in a swimming carnival by a well-meaning teacher who confused her non-participation for shyness rather than a dislike of anything athletic. Before the whistle blew, the only information she had was that it was a freestyle race. Great, thought Kara. Freestyle. I can do this. So she splashed around for a few minutes until a gentle tap on her shoulder made her surface in an empty pool where everyone else had long finished the race. Kara had thought freestyle meant you were free to do any style you wanted. So she had alternated between backstroke and dog paddle while the other school kids watched on. Kara has since learned when to say no. Fail with Greta Lee Jackson is presented by me. Audio production is by Darcy Thompson. Fail! Listener.